killer who roams a city's streets preying on vulnerable young women to satisfy his own egotistical and perverted desires. One such man is Levy Belfield. Born in London in 1968, he is currently serving multiple life sentences in Wakefield Prison in West Yorkshire, England for a series of horrific crimes against women. Crimes which he still revels in today, trying to torment his victims' families and toy with police revealing snippets of information on his own twisted timeline. Welcome to another episode of Human Wreckage, bringing you true crime stories. This episode is about Levy Belfield, a real shitbag of a human. Let's get into it. kingdom who will never be released from his prison cell and whose crimes and actions have appalled even the most experienced of investigators. This is a man with no moral boundaries and when those limits are not in place it results in a very dangerous individual. When we talk of evil, Levy Belfield is a name high up on the list. Belfield grew up with three siblings and several stepbrothers and sisters on a council estate in West London. His father died when he was eight years old, leaving his care to his overbearing mother, labeled the family matriarch, Jean Belfield. From a Romany gypsy background, both mother and son were proud of their roots, and his mother's strong pride gave Belfield a feeling that he was superior to others, a belief he carried with him and developed into arrogance as he grew older. He came to the attention of police as soon as he hit his teenage years with car thefts, carrying offensive weapons, credit card fraud, and driving offenses being among his list of arrests and convictions. He left school at 16 years old and soon utilized his large bill to become a doorman at nightclubs across West London. He is believed to have attracted women through charm and gifts, but once that initial romance was over, he would turn, becoming controlling, jealous, and abusive. Police have a dossier of evidence against Levy Belfield for numerous attacks on young women who were drugged and raped, however, None of the evidence was ever strong enough to convict him and take him off the streets. He was known to have a separate flat near to his home which he kept empty and for the sole purpose of taking intoxicated girls back to after he had drugged them. One former friend described him as some kind of animal after Belfield invited him to join in his sexual attacks on young women. He has 11 children by five different women and has been a regular visitor to prostitutes for most of his life. He later ran a company that dealt with wheel clamping in and around West Drayton in London, ensuring he knew the streets and the area well. The number of women this man has attacked, abused, and raped is unknown. He actively hunted victims, purposely targeting blonde women who he seemed to have a particular hatred for. On 21 March 22, schoolgirl Millie Dowler phoned her dad to tell him she was on her way home after meeting friends in a cafe after school in Walton-on-Thames, Surrey. 13-year-old Millie can be seen on CCTV taking her usual route home along a main road, but then she simply disappears. There are no further sightings of her, no witnesses who can tell police what happened and Millie Dowler's parents never saw their daughter again. Reported missing at 7 p.m. that evening, a missing person search was launched which turned nationwide within hours. This was a bright and happy young girl who did not just not come home. She did not have a habit of running away and would never have worried her family like this by not telling them where she was. Police knew early on that something sinister had happened to Millie Dowler, but they had no idea what that was and at whose hand. 
For six long months, desperate attempts to find Millie were undertaken with organized searches, TV appeals, press conferences, and an offer of pound 100,000 for any information on her whereabouts. On the 18th September 22, the body of a young girl was found in woods in Yately in Hampshire around 25 miles away from Millie Dowler's home. The worst fears of everyone involved in this case were realized when the body was positively identified as that of Millie Dowler. Her clothes and possessions were missing and due to decomposition, a post-mortem was unable to establish a definitive cause of death. Her case was officially turned into a murder investigation by Surrey police. Some very sick individuals made repeated contact with the Dowler family claiming to have killed the young girl, threatening to kill her mother and pretending to be Millie Dowler herself. One man was already in prison for an indecent assault on a young girl, another was charged and jailed, and a third, who had bombarded police with claims Millie had been smuggled out of the country to Poland where she was to be a prostitute, was sectioned under the Mental Health Act. For the following seven years, police continued to investigate Millie Dowler's murder, but get no closer to finding her killer. A red Dewu Nexia car becomes key to the inquiry after being captured on CCTV on the road where she went missing, but attempts to trace the car hit a dead end. On 3 February 2003, 19-year-old Marcia McDonnell, a student, was found barely alive in the street after she had been attacked on her way home from an evening out with friends. She had just got off a bus in Hampton, southwest London, and died the following day at the hospital. She had been hit over the head in a vicious attack, leaving her with multiple head injuries in the 15 minutes between leaving the bus and being found at 12.30 a.m. Police had few leads to go on and struggled to determine exactly what had happened to this young girl and why. The following year on 18 May 2004, 18-year-old Kate Sheedy had just got off the bus on her way home after being out with friends in Twickenham when she was approached by a white Toyota Previa People carrier which revved its engine and drove straight at her. She was knocked over by the car and driven over multiple times with the driver reversing the vehicle to drive over her again before driving off at speed. Kate Sheedy managed to get to her phone and dial for the emergency services as she lay in the road with serious injuries. Sheedy survived the attack and was able to give her account of what had happened to police. Just three months later, a French student visiting the UK, 22-year-old Amelie de Lagrange, was smashed over the head from behind as she walked through Twickenham Green on 19 August 2004. She did not even see her attacker before her vision clouded and she lost consciousness. She, like Marsha McDonnell and Kate Sheedy, had just got off a bus before she was attacked. She was found with serious head injuries and died soon afterward. Police linked the three attacks as being carried out by the same person with the press soon labeling this individual the bus stop killer. After the murder of Amelie de Lagrange in 2004, Levy Belfield's car was discovered to have been in the area at the time of both her murder and the murder of Marcia McDonnell. Further investigations placed a vehicle in use by Levy Belfield in the area of Kate Sheedy's attack, and he was arrested in West Drayton in London in March 2006. Questioned over the murder of Millie Dowler, Levi Belfield's body language once again spoke volumes, though he was saying nothing. Levi Belfield is very much about only saying things that help his case. This is someone who's out for himself and thinks about himself. Why haven't you sat there and said, jumped up and down and shouted from the rooftops, you've got the wrong person? No comment. When it's in his interest to perform and be animated, he can 
do that when it's in his interest to be uncooperative and um, indifferent he, he will do that did you get a kick out of being involved in, in these sort of inquiries no comment do you think it's a, a macho type of thing to bring here no do you think it will help your notoriety no comment belfield is being careful to not leak any information and one way to prevent leakage from your body is to hold on to your hands, clamp your hands and your legs. He's crossed his legs, he's tensed his hands around his knees. Unfortunately, this clamping up is an indicator of anxiety and tension, which gives them away. Do you honestly believe that your actions over the 21st and the 22nd of March 2002 are the actions of an innocent man? No comment. Then are you an innocent man? Belfield went on trial at London's Old Bailey on 12 October 27 and was convicted of the murders of Amelie de Lagrange and Marcia McDonnell and the attempted murder of Kate Sheedy on 25 February 2008. When it came to sentencing, Belfield refuses to attend court saying the press publicity of his case was inaccurate and he was not happy at the things that had been said about him. In his absence, the judge sentences him to prison for life, recommending he is never released. Levy Belfield's behavior towards woman had escalated as each year passed, and the more he got away with his crimes, the more he was able to dominate and control women with no consequences, the more confident he became. Belfield is a man who should have been locked up long before he was, and maybe if there had been enough evidence against him for the numerous attacks and rapes he carried out on young women before 2002, it would have stopped his progression to multiple murder. He is an exceptionally confident individual to the point of arrogance. He has a belief he is better and above others, and when his opinion of women is examined, it is clear he has little respect. Women in his eyes are there for him to use and get what he wants from. He believes he is entitled to do as he wishes with women, and if they dare refuse his advances or question him in any way, he quickly turns violent. He has no conscience and no compassion for the women he attacked. After his murder convictions, Police discover Belfield lived just 100 yards away from where Millie Dowler was last seen and police had knocked at his door numerous times during door-to-door -door inquiries after her disappearance and got no answer. In the swamp of information and inquiries within the disappearance of Millie Dowler, this got lost and was never followed up. The red Diwu Nexia car which police had been hunting for is found to be owned by Levy Belfield's girlfriend at the time, Emma Mills. When questioned in prison, Belfield denies any knowledge of Millie Dowler but does not have an alibi for the weekend she went missing. Emma Mills told police she could not get hold of Belfield across that weekend and the all the bed sheets had been stripped from their bed, which she found strange. When questioned, Belfield told her their dog had messed the sheets, so he had got rid of them, a story she did not believe. He is also found to have links to the area Millie Dowler's body was eventually found being a location he had been to often through his wheel clamping business. The day before Millie was abducted, 11-year-old Rachel Cowles was approached by a man in a red car believed to be Levy Belfield who tried to get her inside the car by claiming to be a new neighbor and offering her a lift home. The young girl refused and her mother contacted police to report the incident. Police now strongly believe that Levy Belfield was responsible for the abduction and murder of Millie Dowler and that Rachel Cowles approached by him the day before had a lucky escape. In May 2011, he went on trial for the murder of Millie Dowler and the attempted abduction of Rachel Cowles. Belfield refuses to testify in his defense, forcing Millie Dowler's parents Bob and Sally Dowler to endure scathing attacks on them personally, 
their family unit, and Millie through his defense team, trying to discredit the theory that she was abducted and claimed she ran away because she was unhappy at home. Levy Belfield was found guilty of Millie's abduction and murder on 23 June 2011 and once again given a life sentence in prison, becoming the first man in the UK to be given two full life sentences. Police maintained an active interest in Levy Belfield after his convictions with concerns he may have been responsible for many more unsolved rapes and murders of young women. 14-year-old Patsy Morris disappeared on 16 June 1980 after leaving school at lunchtime to go home and collect a jacket as the weather had turned cold and wet. She was never seen alive again. Her body was found two days later by a search team on Hounslow Heath in London with evidence that she had been strangled to death. Belfield was just 12 years old at the time of her murder and attended the same school as Patsy at Feltham Comprehensive in West London and it is reported they had engaged in a brief teenage relationship in 1979. Belfield has made claims in the past that he killed the young girl, but it is unknown whether he is telling the truth, and he has never been charged in relation to her murder. Serial child killer Robert Black, who recently died in Maghavery Prison, Northern Ireland after being convicted of the murder of four young girls, has also been linked to her murder. Both parents of Patsy Morris have now died never knowing who was responsible for killing their little girl. Levy Belfield has also been linked to the horrific murders of Lynn and Megan Russell who were killed in a hammer attack in Chillenden, Kent in 1996 while walking their dog through fields. Megan Russell was just six years old. To date, no further charges have been made against Levy Belfield for any other murders. In 2016, while being re-interviewed by detectives in prison Belfield, who by now had converted to Islam and was calling himself Yusuf Rahim, admitted he did abduct, rape, and murder Millie Dowler in 2002. He told detectives the harrowing details of Millie Dowler's last hours, including how he had snatched her from the street as she was walking home and kept her alive for 14 hours, while he brutally raped her repeatedly before he strangled her to death. Belfield claimed he had an accomplice in the murder. However, police have been unable to find any evidence to support this admission. He would only speak to female detectives to give his confession, a move which former Metropolitan Police Murder Squad Officer Colin Sutton described as typical of Belfield. He thinks he can control and manipulate women. He may have been trying to get a reaction out of them when he was describing what he had done, and he always wants to be the one dictating what happens, he said. Belfield made a number of other confessions at the time he admitted murdering Miller Dowler, including further admissions of his involvement in the murder of Patsy Morris that were investigated by up to nine police forces across the UK in a coordinated effort to solve unsolved crimes and bring Belfield to justice, however, many of his admissions have proved to be false and thought to be simply a ruse to torment victims' families and gain himself some attention. One month after confessing to the murder of Millie Dowler, Levy Belfield denied he had made any such confession through a letter from his solicitor, piling more pain and anguish onto Millie Dowler's family. It is even beyond the cruel wicked games that I know he was capable of. This is almost beyond what I thought even he was capable of. Belfield's mother, Jean Belfield, firmly believes to his day of her son is innocent, convinced her boy would never do such things, and has been framed by police for each and every attack and murder he has been investigated for. His multiple convictions for murder and his confessions have done nothing to shake her belief in his innocence. Belfield's mother is the only woman in his life he has made any sort of effort with and if there were to be a day, she did see the reality of who her son was and the atrocious acts he has committed, his self-assurance would no doubt shatter. 
Levy Belfield is a dangerous man who enjoys playing games and garnering attention. His decisions to provide police with snippets of information in the years since his convictions knowing this would spark further investigations seems to have been a source of enjoyment for him. Described by the last judge to sentence him to life in prison as a cruel and pitiless killer, this is one man who should be kept behind bars for the rest of his life and never be released. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Human Wreckage. Definitely nothing human about Levy Belfield, a very disturbing man. Just by this image, you can tell he is such a douchebag. He loves the attention he gets. Even now, causing some heartache to families wanting to know what happened to their loved ones. Confessing, then unconfessing. It's still a game to him. I am surprised prison inmate justice has not caught up to him. Take care, everyone. If you like our show, please like and subscribe.